0: Good morning. For those of you online, if uh, you don't know me, I'm Tony. And I'm Tony Baker and I'm the lead pastor here at Gateway. Uh, I know most of you here, probably all of you here. Um, let me start by saying this morning that I love superhero stories. I really do. I don't know why. Um, I really get into the Marvel comic movies and uh, Some of the DC comic movies, you know, know, maybe this isn't a debate. I'm not going to argue with you, but I think Marvel's probably better. DC, they've got, uh, you know, Batman and Superman, obviously. Those are the good ones. Uh, But uh, Marvel uh, has the Avengers, right? And uh, I think that these movies just have pulled people into these old comics. These comics have been around for a long time. I've heard my dad say many times that he wishes he had some of these comic books from when he was a boy, um, because they're worth like lots and lots of money. But I love the superhero stories, the Avengers, Hulk, Captain America, Spider-Man. These stories, these movies and comic books, they pull us into these narratives, these stories that just grip us. Uh, It's about good versus evil. It's about uh, villains versus superhero. And uh, we love to be in the middle of that and see what's going on. But superhero stories all have a similar plot. There's a man or a woman who uh, crashes into earth somehow or Something happens to them and they're living in a community and there are people in that community who are being abused and and oppressed uh, by some villain or some villain power or a group of villains. And uh, the superhero, you know, it's kind of like a good Hallmark movie. They actually made one movie like 20,000 times. Y- y'all know what I'm saying? Some of you got that you understood exactly what I'm saying. They made one movie 20,000 times, all right? Superhero stories are kind of like that. I mean, there's different characters, and there's a, but the plots are the same. You know, superhero comes in, people are being abused and oppressed, he rescues them, he, he saves them, and then they all like, oh, Superman or Spider-Man, you know. They're all kind of the same. But that's pretty much how It goes. Spider-Man, you know, almost all of these superheroes have this ulterior or alternate ego or alternate person. That's part of the story. Spider-Man is Spider-Man, but when he's not Spider-Man, he's Peter Parker. Right? Superman. When he's Superman, he's Superman, but when he's not, he's Clark Kent. Thank you. Somebody's watching their... Superhero movies, right? And Batman, when he's not got the mask on and looks like a bat, a bat, Batman, uh, he's who? Bruce Wayne, right? They have these alter... Almost all of these superhero stories kind of go this way. Most of the stories also include a character in them that they're kind of a... They pass by, but sometimes they're the main character. But this character in our superhero stories typically is a newspaper reporter or an editor of a newspaper. Clark Kent was a newspaper reporter. And there was Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen and all these other newspapers. And then you've got the editors who are like demanding from the reporters, we need to find out who this Superman guy is, right? And then you've got all these other... There's one particular guy that's kind of a funny character. If you saw one of some of the first Spider-Man movies that came out from Marvel, is J.J. Jameson. He is the editor of the Daily Bugle, right? Am I getting that right? Am I Travis, am I getting that all right? All right. In this story, he does not like superheroes. He just despises it. He, he thinks they're worthless. He thinks they're a scam. He thinks that... They're making this stuff up. They're vigilantes, and I think he uses that word. He's vigilantes out there. And so he has all of his reporters, and he hires these these contract photographers and stuff to go out and get pictures of Spider-Man and bring him in. Now, Jameson has these funny headlines. They're funny because they're sensational. Headlines like, Spider-Man, Hero, or Menace. He always wants to cast doubt on the hero of the story. Extra, extra, read all about it, his newspaper says. Vigilantes on the loose. He's trying to help people, but don't trust him. We don't know who he is. He's a masked marauder, right? He's a caped, I don't know, whatever you want to say. Say that again. Crusader. Exactly. I couldn't think of the word. I have a lot of words to remember. (laughs) Alright? He's a caped crusader. And so they cast this doubt. Extra, extra, read all about it. Don't trust him. It could be a trap. He could be a bad guy. He could be a menace. Or he could be a help. But we don't know. And this is what these newspaper guys... Jameson likes his headlines because they're sensational. But sensationalism compels us to come back. It compels us to buy more newspapers. Sensationalism compels us to go to the newsstand and buy the magazine or the newspaper and read the headline and then read the story. Mark, our Gospel writer today, gives us a Jesus who is... Sort of a superhero in some ways. We know Him to be the Son of God. If you read Mark 1.1, 1, 1, chapter 1, verse 1, Mark lays it right out there for the readers. This is the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. He is the God in flesh. Boom. We know who He is, verse 1. But no one else knows who He is. As a matter of fact, the whole book of Mark is about Jesus, kind of this superhero who comes into town and he starts to rescue people and he starts to do amazing things and people are astounded and there's people like Jameson who are like questioning him, don't trust this guy, vigilante on the loose, he's not really one of us, kind of deals. And Mark is telling this story of a Jesus who's sort of this superhero who comes into the scene to do amazing things. But the story itself has townspeople. It has disciples. It has teachers of the law. It has scribes. These are all characters of the Mark story. It has Pharisees and Romans and everyone around Jesus. Who is this guy? He swoops into town. And he starts to do superhero kind of things. He starts to do amazing things, astonishing things. And everyone around him is like, who is this? The reader reading Mark knows who he is because we found out in one, right? But the people in the story have no idea. Kind of like when we watch superhero movies. Or read superhero comics. We know who the superhero is. But the people around him don't. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Jesus. Hero or menace? Is Jesus a hero? Or is He a villain? Is He here really to help us? Or is He just spreading something false? Can we really trust Him? Perhaps this is where you're at today. Perhaps you're online today and you're thinking the same thing. I've heard of this Jesus. I've heard of His fame. I've heard of His stories. I've heard of His miracles. I've heard of the amazing and astonishing things that people claim. I even know somebody who claims that He saved their life. But I don't know. I don't really believe in superheroes. Perhaps you're here or you're watching online and you just don't know him at all. And you're not sure what to think. All you know is what you've heard. Maybe you're getting to know him. Maybe you've been following him for a little while. Maybe you've been chasing after or trying to investigate like Jimmy Olson, who's chasing down Superman, trying to figure out who he is and what he's about. And maybe you've been following Jesus from a distance and but you're still he's still a mystery to you he's still you just don't quite know him fully you don't understand him you don't quite understand what he wants from you and what you want need from him but you're curious perhaps you've known him a long time maybe you've been following for years and you've got this all figured out you read mark chapter 1 verse 1 you know he's the Son of God. You know he's God in the flesh. You've read the Christmas story and you believe it. You've read the end of the book, the end of the story, and you know he went to the cross. You know he was resurrected from the. You know everything there is to know about Christianity, about Jesus. But you're not chasing him quite like you used to. You've kind of grown. Complacent in what you know. And you've lost the wonder and mystery of who Jesus is. You've lost that chase. Chasing after someone kind of like us guys did when we met our wives before they were our wives. We would drive... 300 miles to spend one dinner with them. And now we won't get off the couch to do the dishes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The wonder and the chase and the mystery is kind of over. We know each other now. We don't have to go through all that. Maybe that's who you are today. Years ago in 1997 through 2002, there was a show called Breaking the Magician's Code. Has anyone ever seen that or heard, heard of that? We got one. I'm not going to explain the whole, the whole show. It was a reality show where they had this magician who would come on and they would show some of the greatest magician tricks, some of the greatest, what do you call, uh, ma- magic uh, illusions, right? Illusionists. They, they would show some of these greatest tricks. Um you got to forgive me. I'm 48 today and I'm losing my memory. So uh, I'm having a trouble thinking, thinking of words today. But the illusion trick. So they would have these illusions. Some of the greatest ones you would go to Vegas and some of these shows to see. And what would they do in this show, reality show? They would reveal the trick. When they did it, you're like, oh, how did he do that? I remember watching a clip online and this guy had these knives and he was throwing these knives At this woman who was on this wooden round circle. And they were sticking all around her. But never hit her. And then they put a balloon in her mouth. And spun her around. And he threw the knife. And wouldn't you know it hit the balloon. And I actually was amazed. I was like this is is amazing. How in the world is he doing that? And then they revealed the secret. When he would throw the knife. He wouldn't actually throw it. But he would slip it into his coat pocket right there and from behind the wooden circle was a guy with a rubber band like thing and he would let it go and a knife would come out from the other end pretty cool huh but you know what that show didn't last very long it lasted three seasons you want to know why it was disappointing why was it disappointing If you know the trick, if you know know everything there is to know, you lose interest. You lose the mystery. It's the mystery and the wonder that keeps us coming back. And this is kind of the person of Jesus. He has this mystery and wonder about Him. And Mark wants us to, to know that as he went along and as he did his ministry, people were like, who is this guy? And they were drawn to him. Today, we're looking at this amazing Jesus, his first superhero action, his first miracle in Mark, his very first one, Mark chapter one, and we're going to be there in chapter one, verse 21 through 28 today. Let me just kind of walk through and explain this to you. And they, Jesus and the few disciples that he's recruited at this point, went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. This makes sense. This is something Jesus would have done every, every Sabbath. He would have went into the synagogue to worship and they were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one who had authority and not as scribes. Really? This is Jesus' superpower? He's a good teacher? Think about it for a second with me. you got to come in, you got to circle around, you got to put yourself in this situation. This is his superpower? This is what makes him special? This is his, I don't know, If he had a suit, he could write a big T on it and say, I am teacher man. What's your superpower, right? I'm an educator extraordinaire, smarter than a fifth grader. Maybe. Able to write large term papers in a moment's time. And faster than your fastest calculator. He's a teacher. It's amazing. They are astonished at his teaching. That's his superpower. He was a good teacher. But notice that they're astonished not at what he taught. As a matter of fact, we don't know what Jesus is teaching. It just says he goes into there and he begins teaching, and they are astonished at his teaching. Mark never tells us the what, he just tells us the why. It's not about the matter of teaching. But he's more concerned about the manner of teaching. It's not that Jesus was a good teacher, but it's how he taught. He taught as one who had authority. Does that mean he yelled at them? Does that mean he raised up and said, I'm greater than you? What does they mean by authority? The word that Mark uses is a word, excusia, and it has nothing to do with a sneeze. Some of you got that. It's a Greek word called excusia. It means authority. It's translated authority. It could also be translated power. But for this sake, we believe that Mark in the context of Mark, it's about authority. But here's how you break it down. The ex, ex, means out of, and the uzia is Being. Excusia. He had authority, which means He taught out of His being. (laughs) It's who He was. He taught unlike anyone else. He taught as one who had excusia. Authority. It came out of Him. The authority came from Himself. Jesus taught out of His being, not as the scribes. Go back one to the text. Keep going. There he goes. Not as those as the scribes. Now, who are the scribes? The scribes were kind of the lawyers. They were kind of the bookkeepers. They were kind of the, they were teachers and they could have been fair. They were just made up a whole bunch of guys. But these are the guys that would typically get up and their authority, get this, came from not excusia, not from their being. They taught from oral traditions. They would get up and say, Isaiah says. Or Rabbi so-and-so back here commented on this, and this is what he means. Their authority did not come from their being. Their authority came from their knowledge and education of their tradition. And they are amazed that Jesus' is teaching not from oral traditions or knowledge or education, but he comes in and he teaches from who he is. And they call this authority. Jesus taught independently of scribal traditions. He, his teaching was powerful, because, not because of the things he taught so much as how he taught them. Verse 23, just then a man in their synagogue was possessed by an evil spirit. Cried out. Stop there. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out. My first question here is, what is this guy doing in the synagogue? He has an unclean spirit that would have made him ritually unclean to have entered a Jewish synagogue. What was he doing there? You have to ask yourself, if people knew that he had an unclean spirit, somebody at the door never would have let him in. He was ritually unclean. Perhaps the spirit that he had in him worked in this man's life in secret. He did not expose Himself. He did not expose that the Spirit had taken over, that the darkness, the dark powers had control over this man because they allowed this man into the synagogue who was unknowingly unclean. But now, Jesus is teaching. And unlike the scribes teaching, He's teaching with authority. And the Spirit is exposed. The powerful words that came out of Jesus, that comes out of His being, exposes the lies and the darkness around us and in us. This is what I take out of this. That when Jesus teaches, when the Spirit is allowed to teach us and we go into the teachings of Jesus and out of His being and who He is, the darkness flees. It gets nervous. When you're going through it, the best thing to do is to go back to the teachings of Jesus and begin to study and learn and follow Jesus. Because the darkness is exposed. Verse 24. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? He says, the Spirit says, Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Interesting. We, the readers, know who Jesus is. John the Baptist knew who Jesus was. Jesus knows who Jesus is. Nobody else knows who Jesus is, but the evil spirits know who Jesus is. Notice the interaction between the Spirit and Jesus. Have you, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? This is a very big clue into the identity and the mission of Jesus. Sometimes we get stuck on the miracles, sometimes we get stuck on the awe and the wonder, sometimes we get stuck on the amazing, astonishing things that superheroes do. But Mark is showing us here a window into the true identity and mission of Jesus. So we, the reader, knows who Jesus is and the evil spirits know who He is. The realm of darkness that's wrecking God's creation and the lives of those under it. And so like our Marvel and DC stories, there's always this criminal kingpin, isn't there? In Batman, it was the Joker, right? In Superman, it was Lex Luthor. There's always this villain. There's always this kingpin of crime, of darkness. The people are trapped. The citizens are frightened. They are manipulated. They are lied to. They are stolen from. They are killed in many ways. The kingpin holds the people down. And they seek to kill and rob and destroy. But someone powerful has just stepped into the synagogue. Someone stronger than even the darkest realm there is has just stepped into the synagogue and began to teach the truth in a way and of authority that causes that evil spirit to say, hold on, why are you here? What do you want with us? Why are you even here talking right now? This is our realm. This is my realm. I worked hard to hold this man down. This is my stronghold. Jesus says, next verse, be quiet. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. And here it is. The first superhero action of our superhero of the story. Supernatural action. He saves the man from the presence of darkness. He swoops into the synagogue, begins to teach with authority. Even the evil spirits are concerned and worried about what he's up to. And Jesus saves the man. And we all feel good about it. I find it interesting that Mark uses an exorcism as his first miracle of Jesus. I mean, turning water into wine is pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool. I mean, Jesus... Turned water into wine. Many say that was his first miracle. But for Mark, the first miracle that Mark records is an exorcism. A casting out of an evil spirit. Mark wants us to know something. He wants to help us understand who Jesus is. Mark wants us to not just get caught up in his teaching and the great wonderful things he's doing, not even get caught up in so much the miracles that he's doing. Other people casted out demons in that day. But they would do it with chance and over long periods of time and there would be some trickery to it. But Jesus just spoke and the demon fled. Mark wants us to understand something about this Jesus that he's about to tell this whole story about. And it has a lot to do with Jesus' teaching and his authority. And we see this pattern in Mark Jesus is teaching, and all of a sudden there's an interruption. And typically, the interruption is from someone who's in trouble. There's a death. Someone's dying. There's Someone has died. Or someone's sick. Someone needs help. There's a, there's a, a person who is, uh, you know, a father has a son who's got a demon in him and he's thrown himself in the fire. All of these things are happening. But typically, Jesus is teaching and then the interruption happens. It's almost as though Mark wants us to understand that Jesus' agenda is not to just go out and I'm going on a miracle-do-adventure. I'm just going to go out there and start doing miracles. No, Mark wants us to see that it's the teaching of Jesus and the kingdom of God and the Gospel and what God has done for people that He is here to bring in the Gospel. It's the teaching of Jesus and out of His being He is teaching this. That's who He is. He is the Word of God. And that teaching, in the authoritative way that He does it, Speaks loudly into what it is that Jesus is doing. Jesus isn't just a miracle worker. Matter of fact, the miracles seem to be footnotes to the real story. What is the real story? The real story is Jesus' identity as the one who has crashed into this world like a superhero to save the weak and the powerless to set free the prisoner to let loose those who are enchained by the darkness to change this world forever through the power of his teaching and his authority Jesus speaks into the darkness and the darkness flees (laughs) that's who he is it's not just about a miracle It's not just a ticket to heaven. He didn't just come to ensure that we make it back to heaven okay. He came to deliver us from the darkness all around us and in us. He came to set us free. And it's with His Word that He does it. Mark wants us to see that this Jesus doesn't just rule in the human realm but also in the cosmic one. Jesus saves us and restores us. He has the teaching and the authority to renew us back to our intended image of our Creator. And it's trivial to just see Jesus as a ticket to heaven. He is so much more than that. He's the one who delivers us from the power of darkness. Verse 27. The people were all amazed. I'm sure they were, right? That they each asked each other, what is this? A new teaching? And with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey Him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region in Galilee. Jesus amazed them. He astonished them with his authoritative teaching and his ability to command even the dark spirit realm. But you need to be aware. You need to be aware. And this is something Mark shows us. The miraculous and the astonishing and the amazing does not necessarily create faith in those who observe. All of those people were there. They were amazed, but they still did not clearly understand what exactly Jesus was doing. They still did not clearly understand who Jesus really was. They missed the deeper message of what happened in the synagogue that day. And I don't want us to miss the message today. N.T. Wright wrote a story, told a story in one of his books that he wrote, wrote about a great disaster at sea that happened. It was a tourist boat. It was loaded down with cars, um, vacationers. They were all on this, and someone had failed to shut the doors properly. And so the water began to pour into the boat, and the boat literally began to sink. And all of these cars and all of these people are on this boat, and it's sinking. Panic set in. People began to run around crazy. They didn't know what to do. They were afraid that they were going to die. And and nobody was taking charge. People were screaming as this happy, relaxed atmosphere of the ship turned in minutes into something worse than you might see in a horror movie. All at once, there was this one man. He wasn't even part of the crew. He was... Just a vacationer who took charge. And in a clear voice, he gave orders telling people to do what they needed to do. And he started, you do this and you do that. You go there. And he started taking charge. He had no authority that was necessarily given to him. He just took charge. Relief mixed with panic as people realized someone at least was in charge now and many people managed to make it to the lifeboats they would otherwise have missed in the dark and in the chaos the man made himself made his way down to some people who were trapped in the hold of the ship and there he formed this human bridge holding on with one hand to a ladder and the other to part of the ship that was sinking He enabled still more to cross to safety. When the nightmare was over, the man himself was found to have drowned. He saved hundreds. And with his authority and his take charge, he saved them. But he lost his life. He literally had given his life in using the authority that he just assumed. The authority by which many were saved. There's no doubt in my mind that Jesus' miracles and His authority made Him famous. There's no doubt. But I want you to understand this today, that out of our story comes this truth. Is there another slide? Yeah. Yeah. This is what I want you to hear. Jesus has the words, his teaching and the authority, his power to change my life forever. That's what we get out of this story. That's what Mark wants us to see, that it's not just a miracle. He's not just a superhero who saves us so we can go to heaven. He is literally a teaching power that changes our lives forever. And why? There's no authority like him. Worship team's going to come and close us out today with a song. You know, I don't know where you're at today. Perhaps you identify with the newspaper reporter. You've heard about him, you've seen the stories, you've heard people tell the stories, you've maybe even gone to Sunday school and read part of the stories but you don't know Him. And you're not sure about Him. Maybe you're here today and, or you're watching online and you identify with the disciples who were there watching all of this happen. You're following this guy. You're, but you're just amazed at what he's doing. And you're not sure. You're still trying to guess just exactly what does this mean for me? later they would find out that although Jesus was saving people along the way, the way was to the cross. And in all of Mark, this is kind of a key theme. That Jesus was the Jesus who delivers us from from the darkness, but it's not until the cross and His death that the darkness is finally put to death in us. Maybe you're the man who's possessed. You're not literally possessed, but you identify that something or someone has a grip on your life that you can't seem to break. You've tried a lot of things. You've done a lot of things. You've you've tried this and that. You even tried religion. But nothing seems to break the chains that bind you. I'm here to say to you this morning that Mark gives us a Jesus that breaks the chains that bind us. He is the Jesus whose teaching is powerful and changes our lives forever. He is the Jesus that can deliver us from all darkness. He is our resurrecting power. He can make our lives forever different. Father, I thank You this morning. May we sing this next song in closing with all of our heart as a testimony, Lord, to what You can do in our lives. If you don't know Him today, reach out online. Reach out to me if you're here. Let us know that you want to know more about this Jesus. Intro to...